the book writers resource podcast the book writers resource podcast hello and welcome to episode 4 of the book writers resource podcast i'm ian pringle and as ever this week i'll be talking to mandy ward and david hambling The focus of this episode is exploring the notion of picture books. You know, those books that you probably read first of all when you were a child. Uh, um, In fact, I expect for most people, that's the first book that they ever laid their hands on. So I started by asking Mandy if these were indeed a, a useful starting point for a writer. It's actually a great start, a great way to start because a picture book's relatively easy because there's not that many words. It's all about the illustrations. If you think about the Gruffalo and the way that's laid out, if you just follow the Gruffalo, you want to create a story, you know, follow that as a template. You're not going to go far wrong. But in doing a picture book, what you do is you learn about the journey itself, what's involved, typesetting intellectual property with illustrations for example things like isbn numbers what has to go on the book and what you do with the book once you've got it done so it's a really nice place to start the journey of learning how to create a book and and actually that's what i did originally oh okay tell us a little bit about what what you did then that might that might be useful for people to hear about so um using myself as an example um i was on a, a ski slope in italy on christmas day back in well 20 years ago and a character flew into my head and I jotted it all down, forgot about it for five years. Then it started getting on my nerves and I was like, am I going to do something with this or not? And that's when I started the journey of learning how to pull a book together, picture book together. I was working in the gaming industry at the time. So I asked somebody, would you like to do some artwork? And that's when the artwork came along. Um, and so I wrote the story and went through the process of self-publishing. And, um, you know, it took me quite a while and there's lots of pitfalls and I made lots of mistakes looking back now. I mean, that, that book, I absolutely love that story. And my next door neighbour's little girl loves the story. It's about um, naughty Christmas fairies and she reads it in the height of summer. really, really loud motorbike or something just turned oh. up at, um, outside the van. Um, <laughs> so occasionally we, we get atmosphere, we get ambiance <laughs> when we're recording in the van. It's not, you know, it's not a perfect studio and sometimes some sound leaks in, but that's quite nice. Yeah, you know, part of the story, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. it is. Yeah. yeah, a bit like story writing. Characters <laughs> do fly in sometimes. <laughs> I do, I so, do. yeah, it was, um, you know, it's a great way to start with writing a story. If, if you've got a story that's in your head and you want to do something with it, then I say go for it, do it, because it, it's, it's something that, you know, is going to be there for you and your kids, if nothing else. Great. David, what about you? What's the, what, what are your thoughts? What might be some of the advantages to writing a picture book? So aside from the fact that, that everything that Mandy's just said, one of the big advantages, many picture books are quite short. So you can have something quite simplistic, quite short, that you can put together that's very, very good. Uh, one of my favourite books of all time is actually a children's book. Right. Uh, it's called The Taily Poe by Joanna Galdone. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's actually got quite a cult following, especially in the US. Um, but it's one of my favorites. So that digression aside, one of the plus sides to work, to writing a children's book is it's actually a very big market. So while that might seem like a bit of a monolithic block to try and crack, 
you've actually got quite a lot of inspiration to draw from when you're actually planning a children's book because there's so many out there. And you never know, you might actually get picked up by a publisher and your book gets turned into a wonderful book that goes into markets. So there's plenty of children's books publishers out there. Mm. And that ease of access to that market in that respect is actually quite attractive, I would say, because there's less investment of time to write the story because they're relatively short. Yes, there is an investment into the illustrations and you have to pick the right illustrations for the book. Otherwise, you will lose the tone of the story. Mm -hmm. So hence, that's where you get someone like an editor or, or a typesetter or a graphic designer to help you with that process. I've got to ask how you do that then, because that's something that's never struck me before. That that that, but obviously makes complete sense now. You're saying it that the story is going to be enhanced or undermined potentially by by the right or the wrong illustrations. Yes. So, so how does someone go about making those decisions for themselves? They may not have experience of working with illustrators before. Well, I'm talking from my experience. Illustrators are very creative people, and um, the illustrators I've worked with are very commercially aware. They know what works, what doesn't work. So I would say, um, and what I do is I tell them the story and then I say, have free rate. I like your artwork. You can look at people's portfolios, have the conversation with them. And the most important thing from my side is to make sure that you're working with somebody that you get on with because they're going to give you feedback about, you know, your story and be open to that because they're going to have lots of creative ideas of what works, what will work and what won't work. Um, and also it's their artwork. So if we think about the Gruffalo, the Gruffalo is nothing without the artwork and the stories, you know, the artwork is nothing without the story. So it's a, it's an equal relationship there. And it's it, they're very talented people. and it's, it's being very respectful of who they are and their talent. So having all those conversations up, up front is vital. And um, one piece of advice I would give is never, ever ask an artist to do work for royalties. Right. You know, and, and it's surprising the amount of people that do that. Well, when my book's famous, well, actually, you wouldn't ask a plumber to fix your bathroom without paying them. Mm. You know, so an artist is no different. And actually, it's a great way to ruin a relationship from step one if you ask Absolutely. an artist to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So. One of the things I've come across where... Um, not necessarily with royalty, but um, if you do this for for nothing, you know, you'll get all of this commercial exposure. Right, um, yeah. It, and I've seen it a lot with artists where they've had someone try and do that to them. So make sure you pay your artist. Um, one of the things, just touching back on, on using artists and, and things like that is knowing what style would suit your book and by style I mean do you want a line drawing something like what you'd seen in an Ed Blyton book or do you want something more like crayon or paint or something like that that's actually been hand done um, rather than digitally and that can really create a beautiful setting within a book depending on what you want if you want something that's a little washed out um, or vibrant with crayons or actually doing something digitally and digital artwork has come on leaps and bounds and you see some of the most spectacular beautiful artwork done on computer but does it work for your story mm -hmm. and you need to have that mind you know this artwork's beautiful it looks gorgeous does it work in my story do i want something that's bright and colorful um 
Mandy's book, The Cuddle Monster, has bright, beautiful artwork and it matches the story because it needs to be bright and beautiful because of the subject matter. But her other book, The Weird and Wonderful Onesie, that's all hand-drawn and it's all coloured in with, with um, uh, colour pencils, uh, pens, things like that. And that gives that story a real character and knowing how that artwork will reflect in your story, how it will give that book character is very important when putting together a picture book. I, I would dare say it's the hardest part of actually putting a picture book together. The other thing I would add to that is don't be afraid of asking, you know, the real critics and the real critics are the children yeah. because they will be Absolutely. brutally honest about what they think of your artwork. And if you look at, you know, books like Charlie and Lola, the, the artwork is, you know, it's... It's it's not intense, deep artwork, um, but the story, you know, Peppa Pig, yeah. you know, it's very simple artwork. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's all sorts out there, isn't there? But uh, ask, well, ask the biggest critics. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and I guess it's the skill of the artist that's, that's, mm -hmm. that, that allows Peppa Pig to work and yet be so incredibly simple, really. Yeah. That's a very skilled artist that's being able to do that because you can look at that and almost go, oh, anyone could join that. But actually, no. Yeah. To make a simple line, I suppose, is in terms of the equivalent of a writer, it's to it's to make a, a beautifully structured sentence. Yeah. It's like it feels simple, but actually it took quite a lot of work to get yeah. that to work so perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I would also say that you don't just want to restrict yourself to to paintings or drawings. Um, there was a children's book I read about um, snowmen that was made using crepe paper mm. and other little knickknacks and bit, bits mm. and bobs. I think one of the snowmen was created using crepe paper and twigs. Yeah. They'd taken a photo of it and obviously digitally enhanced it to remove any sort of blemishes on the artwork. Very beautiful mm. and it worked because it looked like a snowy landscape because they'd actually used paper, twigs, bits of fluff, bits of string, and it looks more tactile for a child to look at. They, they, they can almost feel those yeah. textures, even though they're, they're just, it's on paper, mm. you can almost feel the texture through the paper. So actually we're thinking about the senses a little bit more, aren't yes. we, when we're, when we're approaching a picture book, exactly. maybe a wider sense, and that makes sense for children, yeah. doesn't it, I think, yeah. And the feedback I had from a literary agent with one of my stories very early on is you show rather than tell. So you don't necessarily have to represent in the images, the illustrations, what's happening in the book because children will fill in the gaps. There's um, some fairies that I had made uh, in felt and they haven't. I said, oh, they haven't got a face. And she said, it doesn't matter because children put the face on mm. when you tell the story. Mm. And, and actually that's really true. We the mind fills in the gap so it's a show not tell and also with the illustrations of your picture book that can bring your story to life is give an extra interest for the child so if you're going to read the gruffalo a thousand times over and probably more for a lot of parents what else is going on in that picture that isn't necessarily connected to the main characters that you can point out to help absolutely. the children learn absolutely yeah so coming to that thing of um parents telling stories and i know that you've uh been doing some interesting work slightly different slightly off this topic of kind of writing a commercial picture book but you've been talking to parents and other people that have told stories and you're doing some work around capturing that yes, how's yes. that work 
Oh, there's a lovely one at the moment, um, a lady called um, Norma. She's 83 years old and she sent me two pages of scribbled writing. She said, this is what I remember of my daughter, a story that she wrote for her granddaughter and her daughter died from COVID in February. So from start to finish, it's a lovely little project. I'm working with a local artist. Um, obviously, he can't do the work for free, but he's done a really good a really good deal and he's thrown in an extra couple and you know that story is going to be helping she wants to sell it for a local hospital the lady that died was also a nurse and a local counsellor and she's I want to keep her memory alive and you know it's it's very touching um and you know with, with what a lovely legacy to leave your family mm. you know it's leaving an imprint of who that person was you know when we, we've been asked to do life stories as well which is another a lovely thing because what we don't realise is we always think everyone's going to be here forever and they're not and I think the pandemic's brought that through so having a, a story that you tell your children and your grandchildren and being able to leave that to them I mean what a lovely gift yeah so and it could be just a simple story that, that you'd always told it doesn't have to be long or complicated and, and a picture book's a great way of, of yeah. keeping that in your family yeah, yeah. and what's, what's happened with another lady who contacted me for a uh, how do I go about this is that her children have actually drawn the characters so that's even better so not only has mum created the story with you know grandma's help the children have drawn the story so imagine you know having children of your own and being able to hand that down it's lovely great thanks very much I think I feel far more enlightened about the world of picture books than I was before so thanks very much Bye. thank bye. you very much bye so once again, thank you for listening to episode four of the Book Writers Resource podcast with me, Ian Pringle, and I've been with Mandy Ward and David Hambling. If you do want to find out more from those two, then you can contact them, info at tbwr.co.uk, and check out their website, www.thebookwritersresource.co.uk. As ever, if you like this, then please spread the word, and the best thing to do to hear more from us is to subscribe to this podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.